It is January 25th, 2024. This is a pre-discussion to our study, but it's just too good not to uh, go ahead and record it. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's very complex, the God's plan for everything. And, you know, when I was, I was telling you, I was like debating these Calvinists, and I think some of them are not really people. I noticed that Twitter is using artificial intelligence to go, oh, let's stir up some discussion here. These guys don't like Calvinists. I need a Calvinist profile. I need, uh, you know, everything that they might say. And, and what kind of a picture do I pay? Oh, here's a, I'll just put a picture of John Calvin for my profile pic. That's a bot because it can't answer any sensible questions that I ask it. But it comes in and says, damnable heresies, you know, uh, which is what Calvinism is. It's a damnable heresy. And I think we've, we have it still because we haven't met them head on. We, you know, I hear, I hear true spirit-filled believers talk about their Calvinist brothers. You don't have a Calvinist brother unless he flat don't understand what Calvinism is, and he may, you know, may yet be saved. But uh, no, I mean, um, you know, and they they creep in. They've crept into the uh, Baptist churches, but their literal teaching. And that guy was on there today. Well, you know, babies, if they're not elect, they're, they're put in hell. They don't, if, if it's an aborted baby, even an aborted baby that God didn't foreordain to be in heaven, it just goes right on to hell. That blasphemes God worse than anything Satan has come up with yet. And I'm just, I, I'm not giving him any quarter. You know, I, now I was speaking to a real person today i said buddy you're dead in your sin you think you're you think you're uh you think you're saved you think you got the holy spirit i'm here to tell you that he wouldn't abide such heresy you know well i heard someone uh speaking about that not too long ago uh about this very thing he says yeah the calvinists say that but they don't believe it because you take a mother that's just birthed a baby and he and he's laying there there's no way she's gonna believe that that baby is going to hell if it dies right there. There's no way. Yeah, I, I mean it's just satanic. But this is the age we're living in, and all you know, all this stuff is coming to the to the front worse than ever. All the major uh, denominations have gone uh, Calvinist, pretty much. Well, and we're supposed to see the church deteriorate, and the wheat begin to be the tares be seen among the wheat. You should expect Calvinism to be on the rise. I don't think uh, people really realize what Calvinism is. A lot of them don't. They just go to, a, you know, our friend Alan. I, I, I'm sure he's saved. I, he just, you know, he doesn't dig to the depth of what that heresy teaches. Yeah. And, I mean, and you know. What about Samuel? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, I'm, he's a believer. Alex's son, yeah, for sure. I mean, his whole family believes, and, you know, he's taught them well. And I, like I say, I don't believe, I mean, if you were to sit here and ask Alan, or as an aborted baby that's not elect goes straight to hell, Alan would say no. In fact, John MacArthur says no. He's a good uh, teacher. Even though John he's... MacArthur, he's, like I said before, he's got everything lined up, pretty much, and then he comes out that Calvinism. I said it's like a, 
dude strolling out of the bathroom at a four-star hotel and got his suit with the coat and the tails and the carnation and the pocket square and he's got a four foot string or toilet paper stuck to the bottom of one of his shoes yeah that's got to be addressed don't you say Jackie uh, Gleason, did you say <laughs> you know is going in the hospice oh is that right i got a better pen here this one the one i typically use okay you want to scoot them or just stay where we are? It's pretty yeah, comfortable. Yeah, we'll push them up. Beat him up real bad when he left. He came out and he rolled up. Yeah, that was Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Don't push that one a little bit. Yeah, because can't get out over there if you don't. Every time I do that, I think of the Blues Brothers. They're in the going to see that nun and had the scooter. Yeah, that's a pretty wild movie. Right, we love it. We did on our pod on our Bangsteel podcast. What was you going to? I'm sorry, Blues Brothers trivia. Uh, Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, what was you going to teach on good, before yeah. we stirred the yeah, pot? Well, I think we was going to teach on. I taught on it here some weeks and months ago, but how the Bible teaches that you cannot have a, be a post-trib rapture. Yeah. Right? yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Well, you can, we can do both. You can do both. I've seen you do both. In the same study, I mean, you can just throw them all together okay. and mix it up like that soup we had. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty good. It was. It was, no, it was good. good. It was soup. great. Thank you. It's funny. That deer meat was... Uh, Everybody was the male. I mean, it was, it was as tender as beef. Yeah. Did you hear Moose? No. Elk? No. I'm trying to, I'm trying to steer away from Moose. Well, Elk. Elk is great. If you ever get a chance. I think I've had Moose. snowy road somewhere and they looked back and this moose was chasing them. <laughs> yeah. I was in a deer stand one morning before sun up up there and uh, sun started coming up and I was up off the ground at least 10 feet and I looked straight out. <laughs> there were, a moose had been rub, rubbing <clears throat> on the trees right in front of me. Oh, yeah. Man. 
Now, <laughs> I, I, woke up then. I don't know if you see on, on YouTube people in Yellowstone, they're yeah. walking up to these bull uh, bison. Bisons, yeah. And they don't have sense enough. I mean, they keep telling them, don't go near them, don't pet them. And, and a lady is running <coughs> up there and there's a rail fence in front of her and she's reaching over, petting this, uh, uh, must have been a two or three thousand pound bull. And he reared up on her. Yeah, that fence ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they can push a car over. <coughs> I was there in Yellowstone one time with my family and there's a big sign up there, don't mm -hmm. mess around with the, the buffalo. And a week before some French cameraman climbed over whatever mm -hmm. to try to get a picture right next to this big buffalo. And the thing, he wanted it to stand up, and he didn't, the thing wouldn't stand up. So he, he started kicking it to get it, that was the end of him. Oh, oh my it, Yeah, somebody, several people get killed every year at Yellowstone by buffalo. Yeah. And the elk aren't too happy with you either if you get between their harem and them. Yeah, we are recording. Um, I started it just for a pre-study conversation. Some people might want to hear. Uh, let's see. You want a different bottle? Uh, this will be okay. I did order me another King James with bigger print. Mm -hmm. So we have an extra one in here. Jerry, uh, you talking about that? They, were, they showed this woman laying down beside this alligator down in Florida, taking selfies. <laughs> I can, I mean, how foolish can you be? Those, those hey, things. She's within five. No. They have a before and after picture, like a big... No. Uh, <laughs> like an alligator with a big old belly and no woman. You're welcome. I'm making some more. I'm making straight okay. eight miles an hour. Take take the okay. It's always good, though. You crack that. Sure will. Yeah, it is a little hot in here. <clears throat> it really is. Well, I say that, and I can't get a grip on it. There you go. There we go. Making some more coffee yeah. here, Seth. Thank you. Well, Raymond, not like it. Making some more. We'll close it in a minute. What was that? There about the little Indian going through the woods. He kept thinking he heard something behind him. And he finally turned around and looked, and there's a big old bear. <laughs> going real slow, and he's sniffing every one of that boy's tracks. He just sniffed that track, and then that track, and then that track, and he looks at the little Indian boy. The Indian boy says, you liking me tracks, me make you some more. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you don't do is run from a bear. Is that, tr is that true? Yeah, yep. absolutely. They'll chase you and catch you. Yeah, they, I don't guess there's anybody alive that could ever run fast enough to get away. Well, there was a couple of hikers encountered a grizzly I heard and uh, they didn't know didn't knew not to run and uh, the one sits down he's taking his hiking boots off he's got a pair of sneakers in his bag mm -hmm. and he's putting them sneakers on and his friend said that ain't gonna do you any good you ain't gonna outrun that bear with them tennis shoes he said I don't need to outrun that bear I just need to outrun you Anybody down there want cookies? Those are some great cookies. You know, yeah, extra help in a bread, bread pudding. I'll take, I'll, 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 I'll take you up on that. I think she nailed that oh, cookie recipe down. Down. Well, they're good. They're not. Very good. So when we do get started after the prayer list, uh, 
Bob's remedial prayer list, he's been taking too much time. <laughs> It'll be Matthew 25, 31, is that right? Where we'll be? Uh, Matthew, yeah, but what we want to do is just do a complete study out of it. We'll go this place and that place. And, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to do less than 10 minutes and I'll just turn it over. Because I think that's real important. You should have been sitting over there. Who should? Oh, Earl, so, well, yeah, he's good where he's at. People belting here. I'll move the phone sort of in between us. He moves on out. You got to listen fast. <laughs> I've listened to, listen to Chuck Missler so much. You got to listen fast there. He is fast, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I always enjoy Chuck. It's hard to believe he's been gone now six years. Has it been six years? Mm -hmm. You he's know. happy though. Oh, I'm <laughs> really he's happy. He's, he's a great wife. guy. Last night they were introducing him as a speaker before he spoke. He had a resume that took 10 minutes to read off. Well, I don't doubt it. I mean, he's been in everything that you could imagine from national security down to think tanks and you know, where they dream up ideas about how to do things. He's an Indianapolis graduate. He was. Yeah. I talked to him one time in person, you know, about the chemtrails, and he looked at me like, but how do you know about that sort of thing? And I, he was surprised that I knew about that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was over at Calvary Chapel many times at Costa mm -hmm. Mesa. Well, it certainly looks like they're spraying something. If it's doing anything to the weather, I think that's a side effect of its actual purpose. That, that's how I feel at this point. Like rain, rain. Uh, yeah, because you know it's all, we've always had heavy rains, we've always had hurricanes, we've always had hard freezes and mild winters. I mean, uh, but that plane that came through here a couple months ago, and I've got the flight radar app uh, showing where it was flying, and it was a said it was the United Airlines. I don't know if it was or not, but it was uh, 12,000 feet. And they usually fly about 38, 40,000 feet mm -hmm. because at 12,000 feet, they're not very efficient compared to how, yes. yeah, uh, they're not, they're, not say mileage, but hours are extended up high. And it was making all these loops between Johnson City and the back up this way and doing all this, you know, and, um, and, and you did see stuff in the air. Um, now I said, well, I wonder if they're training uh, a pilot. And we had a pilot in one of our shooting classes and he said, no. He said, they don't train pilots doing that kind of thing at all. And as a matter of fact, United, their pilot training facilities out in Colorado, that satanic Denver airport, mm. if you've ever looked into that. Yeah. Those murals they painted on the wall come straight out of the pit of hell. Yeah, mm -hmm. stash, they got statues, yeah. the structure. Yeah. Uh, Unless they were teaching them how to drop water. <laughs> because uh, they do have a DC-10 that they use somewhere out west. That, this one, according to the app, was a 737. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, uh, 
He was just looking for one of his loose, loose bolts. Looking for one of them loose bolts. <laughs> you hear about that plane yesterday, the day before yesterday, it lost the front tire. Yeah, yeah I saw that. that. Yeah. How did it, did it have to skid the front end up, nose in? No, they, they were getting ready to take off. Oh. Lost a tire, and um, I think there were a number of aircrafts staged behind. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was the tower or another aircraft alerted the plane that lost the tire. He said, you know, you just had a lost a front front tire. And it was Is there two nose gear tires? Yeah. yeah. So and it that, still had one. Yeah. Okay. But I listened to uh, uh, somebody put it up. On Where was that? Uh, it was out west somewhere. I, was that a, an A26? Uh, bomber, World War II bomber. No, no, it was a commercial airliner. The one that did that was airliner. A restored one. A Russian plane went down, they claimed, was hauling 65 Ukrainian prisoners <coughs> of war. Um, <clears throat> anything Putin has anything to do with, I'm skeptical of believing it. Maybe. Not that I'm a fan of uh, the Ukraine either. This is just, but. They were taking them prisoners to be released, wasn't you? Something like that, a swap, maybe? Yeah. I think I heard that. Yeah, I mean, somebody videoed the plane going down. I don't know they knew it was going, how they knew that, you know. But um, now there's, I guess, 21, maybe more states by now, have joined uh, Texas in their resolve to protect the border. Um, you know, the Chairman Biden character, his handlers, he does nothing but whoever's pulling his strings, and I think Obama's involved, and I think certainly Soros and the New World Order types, Klaus Schwab, wants you to eat crickets. Now, they're telling him they want this nation invaded. They want this nation invaded. And it's happening. And, uh, you know, the Abbott declared it an invasion. By declaring it an invasion, he's got the constitutional right to do it, <coughs> to do what he's doing. Now, I'm having an allergies too. Yeah. Uh, do you know what it is? No, I don't. Probably crap they're spraying from the airplanes. Uh, it could be. <laughs> so he could put be. That, that, that notice out that he, where he had a, he put the constitution, you know, he, he called the, the president uh, a lawbreaker and put that down to the, uh, the, the section. Uh, yeah, I saw all that. Yeah, that was. And he said, "This has been triggered by the yeah, inaction." It ain't yes. it is. <laughs> hey, babe, you need a prayer list request? Okay. And also, um, Larry Mary, please. Sam. And poor Sam, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have a prayer list here. And we see on it uh, Marcos uh, <coughs> Uh, Santa Ibanez. He's in Mexico. He's in Mexico uh, building a church um, for his mission work there. And he always asks for prayer for his son. He wants to see his son get mm -hmm. saved. And that's certainly understandable. The prayer team, Gail, Janice, Ruby. My friend Warren recovered for his heart. He just had a stamp <coughs> put in there. 
There's your good box of tissue there. Um, you getting a cold? No. No, it's it's allergies. The heat does that to me. Yeah. When the heat's I think heat. Bob just did it. It's probably Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you better sit beside him. <laughs> I think you have some unconfessed sin in your life. <laughs> I may do it. I don't know about it. <laughs> we all do. This patrol um, um, will help you a little bit. So, Bassie and Linda, John and Ruby, friends of the Stodium podcast, President Trump and his family, the only reason he's alive, I think, is God is keeping him alive. Mm, I agree. Yeah. They would have killed him way before now. I agree. Especially, and they're going to try again, too. They're going to keep yeah. trying, but what will God allow? Yeah, you're right. I pray for this Texas coalition, I'm calling it. Um, Virginia has joined it as far as the governor saying we support Texas. This means these several states can actually send help down there and um, actually... Uh, Abbott could um, call on the citizens too, mm -hmm. not of just Texas, but anybody willing to go. And what needs to happen when they roll up to that fence? These guys with these suburbans packed full of these migrants, so-called, shoot their cars uh, off. Well, just take the engine block out mm -hmm. uh, with a fifty, and uh, they'll lose their vehicle and just chase them with bullets all the way back south. Mm -hmm. They'll stop well, driving. <laughs> Uh, Marta and Charles and their family, uh, our children and grandchildren, of course, to Christina. Christina wasn't feeling too well this evening. Um, they were going to be here. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Bob, uh, for his son, Mike, and, um, <clears throat> and on the loss of his sister. Unsaved family members up north pray for folks in Europe, in the Middle East, and their economic situation. All veterans. And uh, this is Daryl Blankenship. Daryl Blankenship. Yeah, the last three weeks he's been in urgent care four times and mercy room one time. Oh, wow. And something wrong with his pancreas. Uh oh. And he can't eat nothing or got to watch what he drinks and everything. Mm. So they were feeding him, finally got him feeling a little bit better. Okay, hopefully that'll continue to improve. Uh, Ray, uh, peace for Israel. And we know that means Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne when this comes. Praying for this country. Or what's left of it. Um, pray for a border crisis to come to an end, to um, hopefully an end that teaches the feds where their power really is, and it isn't where they think it is. I mean, the states have the power. That's the way the Constitution is laid out. Um, all lost loved ones. Eric, John, Rex. I talked to Rex a couple of days ago. He sounded good. He's still kind of reclusive. Uh, Ted, Israel, Texas. Unsaved family members. Not like Glennis. And um, Bobby, uh, what is that, Mrs.? Mrs. Also not going well with her. Praying for God Ayers, Sam Long, Larry McCoy for their individual needs. Join hands, Lord. We just lift all these concerns up, but beforehand, we should we know we should praise you, our Father in heaven. You said, Hallowed be thy name. You said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us give you these concerns for each of the folks mentioned here. 
Maybe some are still on our hearts that we didn't write down, but if we thank it and present it to you, Lord, I know you will hear. Guide us in the way that we should go. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I want to just do something pretty quick here. Uh, That would be uh, Galatians 2. Galatians 2 and verse 11, Paul writes, When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. I'm reading out of the NIV. That's what was handed me tonight. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? He goes on, but look what Peter was doing here. This was the man of the hour at Pentecost. Um, Look now at Acts chapter 10. And what seems pretty evident here is... um, And I looked, there's a controversy about how old the book of Galatians is. And some think it was came after the book of Acts. And some say, no, it was before. It's older than the recordings that Luke put in the book of Acts. That seems to be the right understanding. And right here's why. Peter did not listen to Paul. You know, Paul was stood him to his face and told him, stop this Judaizing. But Peter didn't listen. Um, Because we we have this uh, um, vision in in Acts. um, He he was on the roof, I guess maybe about verse 9. About noon the following day, this is Acts 10, verse 9. They were on their journey and approaching the city. And Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into... Is that the doorbell? Mm-hmm. All right, Turbo. Thank you. Turbo's going to bark. Turbo? You can put one of them. Is that all you got to say? <laughs> it's the same word over and over again. I know. Keep on until he gets it right. Who's there? I'll have to see. (laughs) All right. He became hungry, wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of 
four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Hey, Sam. Hey. You on your own? Uh, yes. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. We just got you on the prayer list there. Yeah. Message uh, for us. Let him know Sam's here. Is he working? No, he's not working tonight. He, he Christine and he were going to come, but she was wore out from work. And But, I mean, he'll probably want to come over. Need some food? Uh, I, I was going to have that, but thank you. Okay. Yeah, and there's some cookies here. There's lots of yummy cookies. I might want soda water. When are you leaving, Sam? I recommend them, Sam. They, 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 they yes. we're going to do it on the 5th now. They moved it back to the training. So February? Month, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, February, March, or March? February. March, or February the 5th? 20th now. Oh, 20th. Yeah. Okay, back in Acts here. Okay. You'll do great. He saw heaven opened up, and God said, go kill and eat. Get up, kill, and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Okay, he remained unconvinced from what Paul said to him. It took a vision from God himself to convince Peter that what God had made clean is clean. The voice, verse 15, spoke to him a second time saying, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now I'm going to read further. Peter says, yes, the Gentiles are, are not unclean. They've been made clean. And all these foods, all these animals, you can now, you can eat those too. That's made evident in several places in the New Testament. Yes, there are still people that want to try to keep the Jewish dietary laws for whatever strange reason. Galatians, one of the uh, early, real early books, about 50-something. 50 57, I guess. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Luke wrote Acts, which is just an extension of uh, his book, mm -hmm. uh, about 10 years later. Okay, that makes sense because Peter didn't listen to Paul, and that was my whole point, mm -hmm. is that, um, and we're all like this. And it's something we all have to really take notice of. Nobody wants to change their truth model. And we get a certain mindset about something and we got it kind of sorted out, you know, and this is my little Jenga tower here and I don't want you messing with it. Um, and, and we kind of dig in and we all can be this way. And I, I see it more clearly more often than ever in these theological discussions on Twitter that I get involved in. Mm -hmm. But um, so I guess walking circumspectly and, and maybe thinking back too over the years of what you did believe and now you see it somewhat differently. It isn't the same. Uh, but it's the, the scripture should always be shaping us. God's word should be shaping us. And if you hit a little speed bump there, you know, I showed a guy today, and he said, well, you know, uh, Jesus only died for those who were saved. He only died for the elect. He didn't die for anybody else. And I said, well, what do you do with First John 2? In verse 2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, a propitiation of King James has. And not for ours only, but 
also for the sins of the whole world. Now, what did this person do? Well, they took that page out and they laid it over their anvil and their truth models their anvil and they beat the daylights out of it. Said something to the effect that, uh, well, he, he, uh, his atoning sacrifice wouldn't have been for those that go to hell. If so, they would not be going to hell. Mm. But see, they don't view they have any free will. They think that everything is... Uh, Hey, babe. Well, uh, I wanted you to let Forrest know Sam's here. I did. Good. Is that your maker? Is that your maker? Um, no. <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 the same thing is true if you open the prison gates and people refuse to go out. Their sentences <laughs> commuted, yeah. but they refuse to go out. Okay, the same thing. Jesus had to pay the price for all sins of all times. And if you don't rely on him for that salvation, then you get to pay for it. Oh, quote for John 3.16. I mean, just go slow with it. Yeah. So God yeah. so loved the world. Whosoever. 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 Who is whosoever? Whosoever. Anybody. Anybody. And 17 says you're condemned already. You know, he came, He you already condemned, but now you can be saved. Yeah, but if if he just died for certain people, his death was in vain to begin with. <clears throat> and it's not God's will that anybody should perish. But I'll have everlasting mm -hmm. life. Interestingly, and I did a blog post on this, uh, how Islam has the five pillars. Mm -hmm. Now, five is a number of division in the scriptures. You see it everywhere. Five in a family, three against two, two against three, and other places. Um, and do you know that uh, Islam believes that you're already predestined either to heaven or hell and you mm -hmm. can't do anything about it? They mm -hmm. teach that. In the depth of what they teach, they teach that. So you're just doing you know, one of them, one of those early scholars said, you know. Even as you put the pen to the paper, um, it isn't you who write the words. It is God ordaining every stroke of that pen and forcing it to take place. So that makes God the author of sin now, doesn't it? Mm. But um, so, you know, I just wanted to confirm or affirm that we can all have some bugs on our windshield doctrinally. And, and Peter obviously did, and that was a big one. But he still was effective in his ministry in spite of that. Probably was more effective after the fact, after he got sorted out. But, you know, um, and we know too that Peter probably thought, who are you, this Paul? You know, you were Saul of Tarsus. We know about you. You might be saved now, but, you know, you did some bad things. I'm not going to listen to you. And he didn't, obviously. He did not listen to Paul. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't want to be like that. When someone brings very clear scripture, like we're getting ready to find out in Earl's teaching, they try to say, well, the, the, the rapture is in the middle of the tribulation. And some they call it pre-wrath, before the wrath starts, then the rapture. My biggest complaint there is that um, 
it's clipped to that if you need it, grab it. No, I was just going to put it in there, but I see it's clipped. Yeah. So, um, Leah got her seven. Rachel got her seven. The bride, the Lord's Christ, the Lord Jesus' bride, will get seven. We'll get a seven. Absolutely. Not a three and a half. So, um, you know, I... I think that you could take the teaching that Earl's getting ready to bring here. Very concise, very easy to understand. You could take that to somebody that's a mid-trib rapture, and they're going to bristle up just as soon as they start to hear it. And I'm not mocking or condemning anyone. This is human nature. And, and, and we need to get better at Okay, that is what that says. All right, let me, let me, let me work on my truth model here a little bit so that it will accommodate that scripture. Um, that's who we want to be, because we can't learn if our if our minds are made up. And oh, I'm a preterist. Some of them are calling themselves. Oh, everything was fulfilled at 70 A.D. Mm. You know. Uh, and he was in Matthew 24 trying to teach this. I said, look at verse 21. It says this is going to be a time of tribulation worse than anything had ever come before or would come after. Mm-hmm. 70 AD was pretty small mm-hmm. compared to the global world wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say it, they make what happened in 70 AD look like a pillow fight at the Girl Scout camp. Yeah. So... But they'll take that. You know, and I told the guy today, look at this. Do you think he changed his preterist views and that all of Matthew 24 was fulfilled in 70 AD? No, he's not going to change it because he's that's, he's got his mind made up. And he's not going to let Scripture change it. Now, we don't want to be that guy. You know, uh, always listen to what somebody has to say. And discern, and if you, you know, if you can help them. You know, we're going to look now at some at the evidence that the rapture is is pre-trib. I'm going to go to Matthew 25, right, Earl? And put this a little bit closer. Matthew 25, verse 31. Verse 31 is where we want to be out a little later, but what I like to do. Okay. is ramble a little bit. All right. Uh, now, these at least, we're going to talk about the rapture versus the tribulation. Uh, these five viewpoints of when the rapture is going to happen. One of the viewpoints, and I used to live next door to this guy, he didn't even believe in the rapture. He said there's going to be a general resurrection way out in the future somewhere, and everybody's going to be separated. The good goes to heaven and the bad goes to hell. That's what he believed. No no rapture, period. Now, in, in the last hundred years, I guess, there's another viewpoint came on called the pre-wrath rapture. And Marvin, Marvin Rosenthal mm-hmm. came up with this idea that the wrath of God is the bold judgment, so the vile judgment, right at the end of the tribulation, probably the last six months. And he believes that the rapture takes place right then, before the wrath of God comes. Now, let's get that straight now. 
We're going to talk in a few minutes about why there has to be a rapture, has to be a resurrection, and there has to be something else happen before certain other things can happen. But someone read the First Thessalonians chapter five verse nine. When y'all grab that, I'm gonna throw a verse from Revelation six in there too. Yeah, that's where I'm going after that. Okay, I'll let you get there. Okay. You want First Thessalonians five nine. Now, I think we all believe in pre-trib rapture. Everybody understands what pre-trib yeah. is. Before the seven years. Before the tribulation. Before the seven-year period. For God did not appoint us un- to, uh, to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. One other question. What does the word salvation mean? It means deliverance. Among other things. But the key, the key definition is deliverance. Now remember, there's three tenths of salvation. I have been, I am being, and I will be. And everybody understands that, right? Okay, now go to Revelation 6 where you're going to. Now this is in the very first half. In the very first half of the tribulation. In the seal judgment. In the seal judgment. In in the last two verses. What was the verse? Uh, The last two verses. Oh, of chapter 6. Um, that's going to be, uh, I guess, 15 and 16. Then the kings of the earth, and again, I've got an NIV tonight. That's okay. As Chuck Missler would say, I've tested NIV positive. <laughs> You're fine. I got saved reading this thing. Okay. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand it? Okay, now chapter seven tells us who can stand, who will stand it. The hundred forty-four thousand. They're sealed. They're sealed, not as we think of being sealed right now by the Holy Spirit, as in the church, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But they are sealed and protected. But it's that is in the very beginning of the tribulation. It says His wrath has already come. Now the pre-wrath people says it don't come until within six months to the end of it. But they'll take those verses mm-hmm. and, and, twist just, them. and just wordsmith them into something that makes... No sense. It, it yeah. takes them out. Well, number one, they've got to take them out of context yeah. mm-hmm. to, to begin with. Now, the, I have kin people believe in a mid-trib partial rapture. Now, we can understand a mid-trib, but if you understand Daniel chapter 9, which we'll get to... Maybe before the rapture happens. <laughs> but the the seven-year period is not for the church. It's for Daniel and his, his people and the holy city. It's for the Jews and the, and the city of Jerusalem. That's what the tribulation period is for. Yes. And that's what it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Who's Jacob? Israel. Israel. So the church is not involved in that seven-year period. Now, the Gentiles will be there. There's a difference in Gentiles and the church. The Gentiles, in context today, are unsafe people. Mm-hmm. If we are believers, we are the body of Christ. Right. We have been baptized into the body of Christ. We are believers. 
so, Abraham. Well, Abraham, he believed God he was counting him righteous. So what did he believe God that he's going to raise up seed? See, Abraham was up in years, and he couldn't have a, at least he thought he couldn't have a child. But God said, no, I'm going to give you one. 99. Yeah, and he gave him one, and, and you know you know the story. God, he said, Abraham believed God, he scattered him the righteous. Then when Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain, Abraham already made it up in his own mind. And, and certainly he didn't want to kill him, but he said, if I do kill him, I'm going to obey God, he's going to have to raise him right back up. Mm -hmm. That took some faith. It took, now, oh, do we have that kind of faith? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. I mean, there's no sense in lying about it. Now, we've talked about no rapture. And, and I've talked to people, and they said, Buddy, you're, talking, you're teaching something that's not in the Bible. And that's the word rapture. I'm going to show you in a few minutes. The mid-trib rapture mm. is, is not and a partial rapture. Mm -hmm. A partial rapture means that you're saved, but you, you weren't living at the foot of the cross, and you're not going in the rapture. Well, at the rapture, it says the dead in Christ. So how do you get in Christ? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Right. So, see, it doesn't make any difference whether we're Jew or Gentile. If we've been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, we are not, in God's viewpoint, a Gentile or a Jew, we are the body of Christ. We're in His body. Mm -hmm. Now, can we be taken out of that body? And the Bible is very, very clear in many, many cases. No, you cannot. Go to John chapter 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also it says, uh, Paul said that, uh, that, that there's the dividing wall was torn down between the Jews and the Yes, Jews. and that means he's accepted all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, pick it up at verse uh, 26. Let's see, Jesus answered, this is verse 25. I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Okay, how many hands is involved here? Two. Two hands. Now, do you think that we can undo something that Christ has already done? And the answer is no. We cannot do that. Now, if you want to tie, we won't go there. Romans chapter 8, the last 10 verses, is mm. no other... Jesus... Tells them, uh, Paul tells them, there's no other creation that can separate yeah. me, mm -hmm. us, from Very your love. True, yeah. And we cannot be separated from the love of God. So uh, a partial mid-rapture is not biblical. Mm 
Now, I've heard people say that you can take yourself out of God's hands. Well, that's, what, that's what Paul said in Romans. Yeah. No other creation. Yeah. Are we a creation? Yeah. No angel. Not only that, but we are. Definitely. The Holy Spirit is a seal that we see in Ephesians. Yeah. And we're sealed, and that's our earnest. Mm. You know, when somebody was making the hay of uh, being sealed and trying to use the seals on uh, on the old letters that they used to pass from one king to another, or the king to the front man on the battle lines, all it had a seal. See, they break that seal, he said. Uh, and he gave the Greek word. I said, well, that's the same Greek word that uh, Satan is, is sealed in the pit. God placed him for the millennium in a pit, and he put a seal on that pit. And I said, can Satan break that seal? He stops talking to me. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, and I like to do that. You know, give somebody for some reason to think. But anyway. Well, maybe of course to the thing. Now, I used to use this analogy. You have three gallons of paint here, or two gallons, and an empty, empty gallon. And you've got white and blue. You mix it together in this other gallon, mix it to where it comes out to what, purple? Whatever, whatever color light that blue. could Light and blue, light blue. Yeah. It comes out to whatever other color. Mm -hmm. But it's not the two colors you mixed. Can you take this third color and put them back in these two gallons and, and make them come out the same gallon? Yeah. You can't do it. That's the same with being healed, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Well, you're a new creature. Yeah. You're a new creature. And now you're going to become mm -hmm. the old creature mm -hmm. again. After, you know, uh, and I told our buddy, and you know him, bud, Brother Larry, I said, God just lets you think you can lose your salvation because he knows how you'd act if you ever found out you couldn't. <laughs> Well, uh, Brother Earl was raised in a Pentecostal church. I was. Yeah. And well, I had an awful time with that. <laughs> yeah, you're saved, you're not, you're saved, you're not. It's like God's palming you like a baseball bat and you're wobbling around. I mean, I, I want to give you a little testimony on, on my situation. Now, it's going to sound, at the, at the last of it, a little bit of, uh, I won't say spooky, but Kenneth Copeland type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's spooky. <laughs> but when I started studying the Bible, I believed you could lose your salvation. And the more I studied it, the more it didn't make sense. And if I would add, you can't lose your salvation, then what I was studying, I understood it. But the minute that I quit studying, it would come back to my heart. You can lose your salvation. I had it up here, you can't. But I didn't have it down here. And one day, I was upstairs. And I was praying about it. I wasn't in my study. And now this is where it gets spooky. And, and Lord help me, I'm not lying about this. I wouldn't lie about it at all. But I said, Lord, show me you cannot lose your salvation. And there was something hit me in the chest. And I saw it go out the window. I mean, I, the best thing I could do is a crow, but it wasn't. It, it went out the window. And what it was is that unbelief uh -huh. went out the window. And from that moment on, I've right. never had any trouble right. yeah. with losing your salvation. Yeah. Well, demons like to oppress us with lies, too. Oh, yeah. So that might have been his little tea honey boo going out the window. <laughs> well, it could have been. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was something that left me, and I've yeah. never had that trouble before. Yeah, I don't believe I just call it unbelief that went out. Yeah. Because, you, you know, as a believer, you can't be indwelled by the demon. No. 
He you could be, be aggravated by them. You can be oppressed yeah. and aggravated. You yeah. can be pestered by them. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's go right quick to First Thessalonians. Now we're going to get to where we're going in a moment. Now let's talk about the rapture for just a moment. And we're going to pick it up at verse 13, chapter 4. 4? Chapter 4. Chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Now, a couple of things here. Don't be ignorant concerning this who has fallen asleep. In other words, now, the context is the whole thing. Paul spent about, what, three weeks in Thessalonica teaching these people all kinds of theology, prophecy. And when Paul left, these people, some of their people, uh, was beginning to die off, and they was concerned, well, we didn't catch that. What's going to happen to these people that's died? Are we ever going to see them again? Or are they going to be resurrected up with us? Or, or what happens? And Paul writes that, and he said, as others who have no hope. Now, the others who have no hope are non-believers. In verse 14, I'm going to take this just a mm-hmm. few steps here because there's something I want to explain here in just a moment. For if we believe, now that's that word if, it's four conditional clauses of if. If if you do, if if you don't, maybe you do, and I wish I wish it was true, but it's not. So, for if we believe, and maybe you do and maybe you don't, that's the third conditional clause. The believers do believe, but as Paul and non-believers here, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Christ. In other words, those who have died. In other words, he's going to bring us, the soul and spirit going to bring us back. The body is still in the grave, mm-hmm. but it's coming out. In verse 15, and for we say by the word of the Lord that we are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, the people, I'm going to say us. Now, we may be dead before the rapture happens. But if we are alive at the rapture, we're not going to have any advantage over the people that died. Right. In other words, they're going to come out a split second first. Now, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, Bob, this is not the rapture, verse 16. The word rise first is a test of me, I know, and it means to be raised from a deep sleep. That is the resurrection. The rapture is in verse 17. Then we are alive and remain should be called up. That's a podzo. Or rapturus. Well, now, I won't get into that. Uh, the best definition for a podzo is snatched out. Mm-hmm. Now, people said, you've taught something that's not in the Bible. The Lord rapture. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because you've got an English Bible. It's in the Latin Bible. If you had a Latin Bible, raptura mm-hmm. is, is the word. And it comes from the Greek word, hapodzo. Yes. And it means snatched out. So, you're going to be snatched out. There's two things here. There's a resurrection here. Well, I believe, I believe pre-rapture. Oh, I know you do. My neighbor oh, has I know. the problem with that. I know. And but, I wish he'd come here one day and not to barbecue the guy, but just to say, <laughs> come, let's reason together. But people, as I started to study with, they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They want to just find their bullet points and keep believing what they're believing. And that's human nature, and it's hard to overcome. Yeah. Now, at this point in time, this is the rapture of the church. 
It's not the rapture or the, or the resurrection. There'll be no rapture of the Old Testament saints. This is not the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. It is not the resurrection of the tribulation saints. It's the rapture and tribulation, uh, resurrection of the church age saints. Different things. So when we are resurrected or raptured, what kind of body do we have? Go back to Luke chapter 20 and verse 35. I'm just going to show you what kind of what we can't do. There's going to be one thing that God says we can't do. Luke what? 20 and verse... Uh, now, let's get this in context. The Sadducees, he was talking to the Sadducees, and you know the Sadducees didn't believe in anything. They didn't believe in angels, didn't believe in afterlife, they did not believe in anything. That's why they were sad. That's why they're sad, you see. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh... Now, what this woman had seven husbands, and they all, and she died, and they all died, and they asked this question: Whose husband is going to be you, yours when you get to heaven? Now, read verse thirty-five, or oh, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. And Jesus replied, "The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage." And they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for him and all who all are alive. Okay, now what he's saying here, that once we get a glorified body, there will be no more procreation. There'll be no need for it, because we never die in eternity. Or, as far as that goes, we say temporal eternity, and that's the millennial kingdom. But now there are going to be, is going to be death in the millennial kingdom. Now that's what we're going to get to, we're, we're a post-tribulation Rapture is an impossibility. Yeah. But remember right here, the church age saints that get the glorified body cannot have cannot reproduce. Right. Right? Now if you look at Daniel chapter twelve, verses two and three, read it this quickly and we we'll finish this up in a moment. Okay. Verses two and three. Daniel twelve, verse two and three. Somebody finds out for I do. Dig in. Go ahead, Jerry, you got it. I don't. Okay. I got it now. I didn't even hear it. Uh, Daniel 12, uh, verses 2 and 3. Uh -huh. um, I can't see my little numbers. I heard it is. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, now, question. How many resurrections are there? First and second, right? Uh, we we can do it, read in John chapter five, but there's no sense in going there. You understand? There's two resurrections. Mm -hmm. Now, the first resurrection is not an event; it's a category. It's in at least four stages. Jesus is the first fruit, right? Mm -hmm. We that are alive and remain is the rapture of the church. Stage two, the Old Testament saints at the second coming is stage three, and Revelation chapter twenty, first six verses, the tribulation saints is stage four. Now, a lot of people believe in two witnesses. 
when they're resurrected, taken back to heaven, heaven is a stage of the first resurrection, and they may very well be right. I wouldn't argue that point. But the key thing I'm getting to is once you get your glorified body in a resurrection, you cannot reproduce. You cannot have children. Now, go to Revelation chapter 20. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. I'm going to read you verse, pick it up at verse 7. Now, when the thousand years expired, now that's, we know at the second coming, Jesus locks Satan, Satan up, or the angels does, for a thousand years. Now, a thousand years is a millennium. That's, that's the thousand years. Now, number one, why did he lock him up? Number two, Satan was released from his prison. Why is he released? Verse 8 tells us, and we'll go out to deceive the nations. That's translated Gentiles. The Jews is not involved here. Which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle those who is the sand of the sea. Now, how many of them are, are going to be? Now, these are physical human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? They went up to beneath the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. That's Jerusalem. Now, what happened to them? And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. In other places it says, cast them into hell. Okay, these are physical human beings. Yeah. Now the question, now remember we're talking about a post-trib rapture. Remember, where did these people come from? Mm-hmm. Now, go to where Daniel was a moment ago in Matthew 23, of 25. Now remember, we've been talking about resurrections, and we've been talking about translations. Mm-hmm. Hey, something else happened at the second coming. Took it out of my Bible, Bob. Uh, verse thirty-one. Now when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, and He sits on the throne of His glory. Now where's that at? The throne of His glory. On earth, right? At the second coming. After everything. Now, what does he do? All the Gentiles, nations, it's, it's trans, not the Gentiles. Now, Israel is in another separate group. There's somewhere else in Ezekiel chapter 20. We won't go there. And all the Gentiles will be gathered together before him, and he will separate them as one another as the sheep divide, as shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Now, we know the sheep are the safe people. Right. Where did they come from? They lived uh, uh, They lived through the millennial age. They, no, they lived through the tribulation. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. They, yeah. they lived through the tribulation in their physical body, right? They didn't take the mark of the beast. Now, the goats, where did they come from? They, they the lost people. They did the same thing. They lived through the whole, whole seven-year period. And they came out the other end in their physical body. Okay. Now we know from verse 41, then he say also to those on the left hand, that's the goats, depart from me and you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The non-believers that survived the tribulation in their physical body that came out the other side is cast into hell, right? They're gone. Now we saw what happened to the rapture, Right? Now, we believe in a pre-trib rapture. The rapture's not here, but for the sake of a post-trib people, put it here. 
Put it right here as the sheep. What happens when, when they're raptured? What happens to their body? They're transformed into glorified bodies, right? Yeah. They can't reproduce. They can't reproduce. So where does the ones come from that re reproduce and repopulate the millennial kingdom? Mm -hmm. That is concrete biblical evidence that a post-trib rapture cannot happen. I agree. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, these people. No survivors, and they're talked about in Zechariah 14, they're talked about in Isaiah 66, somehow they uh -huh. survive. Uh -huh. And, um, but there's going to be now. There's going to be sin in the millennium. Now, if it's open and sin, God will get rid of them real fast. If it's in your heart, now remember, Satan's cast into hell, and and Zechariah thirteen and four, I believe, says the demons are also vanished from the earth. Read Zechariah thirteen. I believe it's thirteen four. Zechariah thirteen and four. Of thirteen. Yeah, this. Uh, Goes to show us that we can sin all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to tie something else into that. You know what it is when we get to it. This read 13. Is it 13 4? It says, On that day every prophet will be ashamed. Uh -huh. This is Zechariah. Uh -huh. Of his prophetic vision, he will not put on a prophet's garment of hair or in, or, I'm sorry, hair in order to deceive. He will say, I am not a prophet, I am a farmer. The land has been my livelihood. Am I in the right place? 13.2. 13.2. On that day I will vanish the names of the idols from the land, and they will be remembered no more. Remember, I'm in an NIV. Oh, that's okay. I, he declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. In other words, he's good said, I'm going to remove the demons. Of the land. That, that could, yeah, I, I had wondered about that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, I'm going to remove demons. So, what deceive, deceives those people when they're born to follow Satan after he's released? Read Jeremiah 17 9. Well, y'all grab that. I'll make a cheat note here. It's a sin nature in human beings. Absolutely. Are, and there's pleasure in sin for a season. For a season. So, most people gravitate toward that pleasurable aspect. That's true. But what causes them even to do that? The heart is deceitful. The heart is deceitful Very above wicked. all things <laughs> and desperately <laughs> wicked. Yeah. Who can know it? Who can know it? The Lord knows it. Yeah. But that's... Well, you know, a lot of things that, that happen on earth uh, in hum, humankind it gets blamed on the devil, but we're just being well, sinful. It's just every time, you know, somebody asks me a question, why did God allow this? Why did God allow this? I'll take them back to the Garden of Eden. Why did God allow Eve and then Adam to eat from the forbidden fruit? He gave them a choice. Without that, there's no... There's a free will. There's a thing called a free will. God didn't mean for us to sin. He didn't mean for us to get kicked out of the garden. He didn't mean for us to be death here. But he gave us an attribute in some ways, sometimes, I wish he hadn't given it to <laughs> And that's a free will. Well, he said, when he created everything, and he said it was good, mm -hmm. knowing he knew what we would it do. It was going to happen. He knew what we would do, but he called it good. And, and to me, that proves free will because he wouldn't say it was good unless, you know, he made exactly what he wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And that's a person that could choose to do what he told him to do. Or a person who could choose something else, mm -hmm. and yeah, free will is a double-edged sword. It's a, uh, 
Uh, Why with all the examples we've had been given here on earth that people seem to be growing worse and worse like it says it would happen in the end times. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful. I know, but there's just... I know, yeah. We we seem to smooth out a lot of wrinkles here from history, all the world wars and all that kind of stuff, and yet we seem to want to go back to that Vomit that the, the dog is well, turning back to their. I just can't understand human nature. Now, communism it. teaches that it's a, it's the environment that a person lives in that makes them the way they are. Well, what kind of an environment was Adam and Eve in? Perfect. Perfect. What kind of an environment is these people in the millennial going to be in? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So it teaches <laughs> it's not the environment; it's the condition of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can. Well, you know. I'm sorry. I just say you can do what you will with your heart. Yeah. And you you know um, he talks about in Romans two fourteen when people that don't have the law do by nature the things required by the law they're a law unto to themselves and um, I think that might be a clue as to who God does draw and because the Bible does Jesus said nobody comes to me except that the Father who sent me draws uh-huh. them. Jesus said that so. But, and then and some people say, see right there, you can't come to God unless, you can't come to Jesus unless God forces. No, God has a reason for who he sends to, to, to the Son. And I think you're well on your way to accepting the truth uh, uh, in Christ by the time he draws you to Christ. But he's been watching you a long time before then. But I also believe that it, it, in your heart, you can... Draw away and draw away, reject, reject, and it gets so hard at some point down the line mm-hmm. to come back to him. Yeah. It mm-hmm. says there's a way that seems right into a man, but that way leads to destruction. Yeah. But if we follow this book, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth, this instruction manual, and a lot of times we have people coming into Truck Stop Ministries over there, and we liken it to a the owner's manual in your club box on mm-hmm. your car. Who knows more about that vehicle than the people that made it? Right. God has given us this book, our instruction manual here. Mm-hmm. And if we follow it, we, you know, we're going to drift around a little we're bit. Gonna, we're going to follow it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, read this few verses. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Now, we were talking a moment ago about what you're going to be alone, or, or the ten virgins, yeah. or blah, blah. Read, read that few verses to us. See, by the grace of God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. Now that foundation is who? Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, each one, but each one should be careful how he builds. Okay. For one can lay, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid. Now that is, says no one can be saved other than Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, uh, which is... Now, I'm, I'm good at buttoning in, so go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Uh, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day... That will, day is the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. It will bring it to light. Uh-huh. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. He's in the fire. The only one escaping through the flames. Okay. There's going to be many, many Christians going to heaven with the smell of smoke on them. And they're not going to get any rewards. Mm -hmm. 
they're going to lose. They're built on another foundation. Mm-hmm. And there, would we be weeping there? Well, I think this first. I think this person right here, and there's going to be many like him. He's an example. They, he's going to be casting out of darkness. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm one of these people that does not believe out of darkness is hell. I think you're right about that. I mean, you're the first one that I heard ever say that. And I looked at some of the evidence that you'd mentioned. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, you're out of the inner circle, but just like the man. Yeah, way out. Yeah, the man who Paul told him in 1 Corinthians 5, turn that man over to Satan, get him out of your fellowship so that his flesh will be destroyed and his soul will be saved. Mm-hmm. So he spent some time weeping and gnashing his teeth probably. Well, let's go through that one more time so we all understand what weeping and gnashing his teeth is. Go to Matthew chapter 8. And I want to get the context and somebody pick it up and read verses 9, 10, and 11. The context is the centurion had a sick servant. And he wanted the Lord to say the word and heal him. Lord said, I'll go to your house and heal him. He said, no, I'm not worthy. You just no say it and you'll be healed. And now pick it up at verse 9 of chapter 8. Of he said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Um, What's the subject there? Faith, right? Faith. Okay. And I've said, you know, there's this the group of people who want to tell you that God gave you the faith, you know, and he's the only reason you have faith. Now to me, can you imagine Christ saying, I'm going to give you some faith and I'm going to step back and look at that and say, boy, didn't I get a good job there giving him that faith. That's absurd. Yeah, it is. It's not how much faith you got. It's the object your faith is in. Yeah. Now, go ahead and read the next verse. Um, He said, I say to you that many will come. Now, the many are Jews and probably Messianic Jews. Yeah, from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's in the millennial temple. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In the millennial kingdom. In the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom from heaven on earth. Yeah. Okay. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Now, to get, now the children, you know, most Bible says the, son, the children of God are the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Go to, over to chapter 13 and verse 38. So these aren't cast into hell where this weeping and gnashing of teeth is. They're thrown outside. That's, what, that's where a man is burnt up. Works is burnt up. You just read in. Yeah. And you said where now? Matthew 13, verse 38. Somebody finds it first. The field is the world. Who? You got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. Who's the good seed? Children of the kingdom. The bad seed of the tares, right? Mm-hmm. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. Now, tares, uh, put that back with what we just read in chapter 8. Many of them be back, cast out in the outer darkness. Yeah. Who are they according to Matthew chapter 13? They're the good seed, right? Mm-hmm. So the they can't seed. be, that can't be hell. Mm-hmm. Unless you can lose your salvation, and the Bible does not teach that. No, he wouldn't seal you and say you're saved. No, he would not. <clears throat> you know, um, no, that's right. 
Yeah, exactly. To that other pre-trib rapture evidence, I've mentioned this before. I just want to put it in for okay. the sake of the study. Just okay. yeah. grab a verse right quick in Deuteronomy 24 and 5. Um, well, the children of the kingdom in chapter 38 are the, the children of the millennium. Of the millennium. Yeah. They're the believers. Yeah. Uh, that Matthew, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 24, 5. If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Where does this year happen if not at the opening up of the of the, uh, the, of the tribulation? He's got to do that year before he goes to war. And in my current view, um, that first year of the tribulation, you know, Satan's setting up his chessboard and all of his cheats and all this stuff, and it looks like all is going to be well. The white horse is mm-hmm. not shooting any any weapons or shooting any arrows, and and that may be that year where Christ mm-hmm. stays with the church, and I would suspect teaches us, makes us ready, and uh, but then he would go to work on. Um, Wouldn't that year be the seven year? Well, I don't know. I mean, it could be a year before the. I mean, wouldn't it be the whole tribulation that year you're cheering your wife? Well, the tribulation being seven years, and he just he's going to spend one year not going to war, not charged with any duties, and be with the bride, right? That's what he would he wouldn't violate that. Eight, eight, eight years. You could maybe see that, but we're supposed to get a seven, not an eight, and um, I say that we're supposed to get a seven, not an eight. You got Daniel's seventieth week. You got Leah and Rachel got their sevens. Well, that pattern of us having a seven, I think, is probably well, that's just a pattern of a year. You can, but a, yeah, a day could be a day, or it could be a week, it could be a year, a month. Too. It could be a. They they seven of sevens, and it yeah. could be weeks, days, months, or years. Yeah, the context has to tell you. And, and and what I've always thought when you you mentioned this many times uh, that. That, that whole period of the tribulation was the period he's cheering uh, his wife, you know, in, in heaven. I, I, I mean, he will... Yeah, for when, when you go to the end, end of the tribulation, or in chapter 19, look at verse 7. She has made herself ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. M-A-D-E. Mm-hmm. Made. That's in the Aries tense, and that means that she's already done it, and it can't happen again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it took seven years for her to get there. Uh, okay. Maybe so. On the other hand, uh, at the rapture, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb doesn't happen until the end of the tribulation. I don't think the marriage supper happens till the millennium. Right. Well, that would be because that's that's what that says right there. Has made. Yeah. And blessed right. are yeah. the ones that are invited to the wedding. See, it's the same Greek word. The marriage and the wedding feast is the same word. Now there's so, um, and they're simultaneous. They're happening mm-hmm. together. Don't we've got something in Luke twelve. I might might shed some light here. Uh, he won't drink the fruit. Well, he says in Luke twelve, starting verse thirty five, be dressed and ready for service. Now the Laodiceans were naked, so he's saying, be dressed, ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. The foolish virgins let their lamps go out. 
like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. It says wedding in the KJV. It says banquet. I looked up the Greek. It does mean banquet. Mm-hmm. So that when he comes and knocks, he told uh, the Laodiceans, behold, the standard door knocks. So there's three points of connection pointing to some people who did not get raptured but are still going to be treated by Christ in a good way so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I'll tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and he will come and wait on them. Christ is going to wait on these folks. They didn't make the wedding banquet, but now they're going to get something. You know, uh, I love that picture over there, that table. It seems to go on forever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can you just imagine being at that table? And I like to think about somebody saying, pass the butter, and that's his hand. You can you see that nail-scarred hand. Um, but it's complex. Well, right. Let me ask you this question. The, the statement you just made, has made, it says, blessed are those that are invited mm-hmm. to the marriage supper. Who's invited? Who are the ones that's invited? Everybody at the end. Especially the Old Testament Sunday. Mm-hmm. And now, you got the friends of the bridegroom. Yeah, the friends of the bridegroom. Now, they are not resurrected until the second coming. So they, the marriage supper, in that sense, has to be on earth after the mm-hmm. resurrection of the Old Testament saints. Exactly. Um, the Jewish wedding, the rapture paradigm. Yes, yes. Have you seen this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jewish woman indicates acceptance of the man's proposal by drinking a cup of wine. This is the way they've always done it. Jesus passed a cup of wine at the Last Supper, and when we drink it, we accept being his bride. The Jewish man would pay a price to the parents of his new bride. Jesus Christ paid the price for us as his bride with his life. The Jewish man would then give his betrothed gifts. Jesus Christ gave us his betrothed, the Holy Spirit, and other spirit gifts. The Jewish man would then go and build a place for them to live once they're married. And basically in his father's house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ said, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. The Jewish man then goes for his bride at midnight with a host of people. Unexpected. Yep. Shouting and blowing the shofar for his bride. It says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the last part here is the Jewish man and wife then spend seven days alone to consummate the marriage in their wedding chamber. Mm-hmm. The Lord and his bride, the church, shall spend seven years alone okay. to consummate make okay. marriage. So I thought that was pretty. I've yeah. had that for years. Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 read, I've got many of those. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody asks you guys why a post-trib rapture or, or tries to claim that they believe in the post-trib rapture, your brother, ask them who's going to repopulate the kingdom, millennial kingdom. <clears throat> now, they can't answer it, but they're going to twist the scripture. So you got to be able yeah. to explain it to them. Yeah, it's uh, it's important. But I, generally, what we run into is what I was alluding to tonight earlier. You 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 follow your human nature. You just don't want to. You think you got it all figured <coughs> out. You're like a 
a guy putting a piece of Ikea furniture together <coughs> and you're not looking at the instructions and you figure you got it all figured out and you start seeing some pieces that are supposed to have a hole drilled in it and they don't. You know, and uh, some pieces that are too long to go where you thought they would because you didn't put it together right. And, and without really looking at everything, and it's a constant learning process. It's um, yeah, we break. Yeah, if I mean, everything else fails, we direct it, right? That's it, you know. <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, we're well over an hour, but uh, we can. Uh, well, I can't get an introduction down within an hour. So. <laughs> no, I think you covered it. You covered it. You know, the basically the you know the synopsis is Christ is going to return after the uh, tribulation and he is going to divide the sheep and the goats and those sheep are living human beings Mm -hmm. and they enter into this millennial age Mm -hmm. and they can populate they can they can procreate they've got a flesh and blood body they got a flesh they have a physical body and there's something about the millennial age that allows them not to age so quickly. Right. You know, it says in Isaiah, I think it's 65, uh, you know, mm-hmm. his days will be as the days of a tree, and a man who fails to reach 100 years will be thought to be accursed. And uh, they'll be taking out uh, some things like pain and childbirth. They won't have pain and childbirth. There'll be a lot of things like it was in Eden, except mm-hmm. they say it didn't rain in Eden. Uh, there was like this mist, a fall or something. I don't know on that wise, but I do know that rain will happen in the millennial age because Christ is going to hold it back. If you don't come up to worship, don't do yeah. tabernacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, say for a, a corporate prayer for Sam. Yeah, for uh, coming great adventure. That's right. Uh, let, let, let's do that, um, and uh, we're going to pray for Sam. Uh, he's going off to Marine Corps, and and I'm just jealous and amazed I couldn't have ever made it in the Marines. They'd have kicked me out quick. Um, but yeah, let's bow our heads and join hands. And, and I'm going to call on one of y'all to close the prayer, but let me start. Sam, get in line over there and hold on to Ron's hand. Okay. Yeah. That prayer go a lot deeper. Yeah. Make, it, make the circle be unbroken. Heavenly Father God, I pray thanking you for Sam. I thank you that my son has a best friend such as Sam. I pray, God, that you would put a shield around him, a hedge of protection, and put a canopy over him supernaturally, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that he be not harmed in any way as he goes through his career as a United States Marine. And I pray, God, that through his training, that you will remind him that through Christ you can accomplish anything. With God, all things are possible. And if it gets hard and if anybody gets ugly or mean, that's just their job. These drill instructors, that's what they're paid to do. So they want to make you a man. Not that Sam's not already a man, but they're going to make him an even better man. Lord, we know. And we just pray that you be with him and and, and, uh, may he be strengthened and emboldened and comforted. And Earl, would you close this, brother? Dear Father, and we thank you so much for loving us and dying for us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the 
of the study we've had today. We pray that as we go out that we would be a witness to the lost world because you said you was coming back. We don't know exactly when. It might be tonight, dear Lord. We just want to be obedient to you and be pleasing to you. Now go with us, watch over us, and care for us. And bring us back to the next appointed time. Yes. In your holy name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you. See you guys.